Now, you might ask, how did things get this way? How did it come to a point in our culture where people are so radically confused about this issue? Where even now, some of you, you think homosexual acts are wrong, but you feel bad about it. Like you think it's wrong, but you secretly feel like you're doing something wrong, even by thinking it's wrong. How did that happen? Well, in one recent Netflix art, um, uh, expose about the, the gay rights movement, um, they interviewed one particular leader, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he talks about how they got the culture to change on this issue of homosexuality, because it's been a total culture flip in a very short period of time. And his statement is, we sold it like cereal. We used advertising, we used pictures, we used propaganda, and we sold it just the same way they sell like Kellogg's cereal, and they put like a you know sports figure on the cover or whatever. That's how we did it. There's actually a book from the 90s. It's called After the Ball, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 90s. This book, I would have bought it, but it was over $300 on Amazon. <laughs> Because it's a very, it's quite a collectible book for obvious reasons. What it does is it outlines a three-step plan to change American public opinion using tactics of manipulation and advertising, primarily in the media. What they do is their three steps are, one, desensitize, two, jamming, and three, conversion. So the first step, desensitize. They, they liken the, the people's disapproval of homosexual behavior as like having a bad smell in the room. Yes, not that homosexual behavior smells bad. That's not their point. They're total you know, pro-gay advocates. What they're saying here is what we'll do is we'll desensitize them by constantly exposing them to homosexual um, activities that they'll just be so inundated by it that eventually they'll just mellow out and it won't bother them anymore. That'll be the concept. So let me quote. Just like a smell, after a while it goes away, which some of you are very grateful that that happens because of your kids. So their goal, and I quote from the, this book, is we can extract the following principle for our campaign to desensitize straights to gays and gayness. Inundate them in a continuous flood of gay-related advertising, presenting in the least offensive fashion possible, uh, presented in the least offensive fashion possible. If straights can't shut off the shower, they may at least eventually get used to being wet. And so that we'll simply get accustomed to it. There'll be, there'll be a gay character in every movie. There'll be gay references frequently. And it'll be, it'll be not in a derogatory fashion, but just kind of like in an accepted style. And so hopefully they'll be desensitized. But then they go on to say, but that is not enough of a goal. The next step is jamming, what they call jamming. And this has to do with making anyone who's opposed to homoerotic behavior into a bad guy the same way that Hollywood makes bad guys. I think a good illustration of this is Star Wars. Um, are you a Star Wars fan? Anybody a Star Wars fan in here? I'm a Star Wars fan, but I have to admit, Luke Skywalker is a sniveling, lousy hero. He's a constant complainer. I mean, like his most common, I think, quote in the movie is him doing something like, I mean, it's just, he's a crybaby. And he's like, oh, I was going to go do this. And he's, that's, he's, there's nothing to look at this guy and enjoy, you know. I think in one movie he comes off, and he, like when he's rescuing Han, you know, from, uh, from the, the, the carbon freeze thing he went through. He comes off pretty cool for like 10 minutes. And then he's back to just being a, like a whiny, like, no, that's impossible. You know, that kind of thing. Well, because his hand got cut off. Well, um, 
Hollywood, though, what did they do? How did they make you cheer for Luke Skywalker? Well, the opening scene of Darth Vader is him, like, force choking some guy to death for making a mistake. So by default, Luke is the hero. And we, do, we see this all the time. The introduction to a, of, of a bad guy in a movie is typically them overreacting and killing one of their own, you know, or something. And it's like, oh, now I know who the bad guy is. And no matter how bad the other guy is, by default, he's the good guy. You know, and they sell us on certain things. Well, what they're going to do, the strategy of jamming is to over-exaggerate and vilify every representation of, any, of anybody who disagrees with homosexual behavior. To make them all look like villains, like bad guys. Let me read to you from the book. It says, the goal is this. Propagandistic advertisement can depict homophobics and homo-hating bigots as crude loudmouths and blank holes who are not Christian. So that, just depict them all as in a really bad way. In fact, it, it's even in the text. They're all, everyone who disagrees with us is a, is a homophobic and a homo-hating bigot. They're not just people who think it's a sin. It can show them being criticized, hated, and shunned. It can depict gays experiencing horrific suffering as the direct result of homo-hatred. Suffering of which even most bigots would be ashamed to be the cause. It can, in short, link homo-hating bigotry with all sorts of attributes the bigot would be ashamed to possess, and with social consequences he would find unpleasant and scary. Our effect is achieved without reference to facts, logic, or proof. It's not, it's not necessary that you are reasoned to believe this or not. It's just that every movie you can think of where there's a, uh, a prominent uh, gay character in the film, that whoever is against their, their gay acts is just like, you would not want to be that guy. You would not want to be this guy. The same effect, I think, happens in modern representations of Christians in films. They're all nutty, they're all weird, they're all wacko, and yet the vast majority of Christians aren't like this. And yet, um, um, except, well, Fred, a little bit. <laughs> now, yeah, Steve's not here, I pick on him. <laughs> now, the, that's the second goal, jamming. So the goal of jamming, it, it declares, is so that um, what, what happens is when someone sees a gay person and then they think, oh, what they do is wrong, they, they project on themselves the image of the villain of the films and media and movies and, and music that they've heard so that they feel really bad about it. And they're like, oh, I don't want to feel this way. So then they approve it of it that they might then feel better about themselves. It's, it's, it's brainwashing. The third tactic is conversion. This is, the goal in conversion is not to just get you to accept the behavior. That was the first one, desensitize. Not, to, not jamming to stop the, the opposition of behavior, to just stop it. But rather, conversion is to get all non-gays to like gays and to directly approve of it. So let me quote from the book again. We mean conversion of the average American's emotions, mind, and will through a planned psychological attack in the, in the form of propaganda fed to the nation via the media. In conversion, the bigot, who holds a very negative stereotypical picture, is repeatedly exposed to literal picture label pairs in magazines, uh, so there's a picture with label, and, and on billboards and TV of gay, explicitly labeled as such, who not only do not look like his picture of a homosexual, but are carefully selected to look either like the bigots and his friends, or like any of his other stereotypes of all right guys, the kind of people he already likes and admires. 
And so that the goal here is to associate them with a, with a positive image so that, that, that there's then uh, an attitude of acceptance and embracing. Now, I am not saying here that there's this vast conspiracy and everyone's involved and they're all trying to brainwash you. But what I'm saying is these are proven selling tactics used by things like, you know, you associate, you know, smoking with cowboys and then more people smoke because they makes them feel like a cowboy kind of, you know? And like, yeah, well, when you smoke without the filter, man, then it's like cowboy style, you know, you're more like a cowboy, you know, that this is the kind of thing that happens. And if we just look at our lives, we go, this is really what we've seen. This is what we've seen, whether they've done it deliberately or not, or any of that, I don't even care. I'm not really into conspiracies. I feel like they're a big waste of time, but I want to observe there's something here. The vilification of non, uh, non-gay approving people is consistent in our culture to the point where you feel like you have to apologize for saying that you think homosexuality, homosexual behavior is a sin. What do you think about gay people? Do you think it's a sin? Well, yeah, I think it's a sin, but now let me spend like 10 minutes backpedaling so that you don't think that I'm a bad person because now I feel like a bad person. You think I'm a bad person. And so we spend the rest of our time just trying to not feel bad when it's like if someone goes, well, how about incest? Do you think incest is a sin? Well, yes, I think incest is a sin. I don't feel like I have to qualify that, do I? You incestophobe, you bigot. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work on that one, does it? It only works on homophobe. I can be accused of homophobia even if I have no ounce of homophobia in my life. That can easily be done. While I was dead, you sought me out and gave your life to me. There